Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. Hey, I have had some wonderful, wonderful guests on my show. I've had people like Governor Scott Walker, Liz Wheeler. I've had Alveda King, uh, Paul Manafort, Peter Navarro. These are all high-named, high-level people. The one thing I love, if you're a listener of my show, is that I love getting average, ordinary people who are passionate about conservatism, who are vocal, and who are out there fighting for conservative principles. One of those people is Laverne Spicer, and Laverne is here to talk with us today. Laverne, thanks for being here. Thank you, Jerry, for inviting me. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you. We had some struggles getting on. You had some uh, tough weather down in Florida where you're at, and uh, but we've we've managed to get on, and we're going to talk about some of the issues. So this is a recorded show. Uh, to the date of t- today's date is uh, October 20th, um, and so we're just a few weeks away from the midterm elections. So I think we're going to talk about some of those issues and maybe even some of those uh, particular candidates and things like that. But let's start with you, Laverne. Tell me about your background, your history, your family. You know what caused you to 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 feel compelled to speak up like you are. Well, originally I am from North Carolina born and raised. I moved to um, Miami um, probably like maybe 30 years ago. And um, when I first uh, came to Miami, I started working with uh, a young lady. Her name is, uh, her name was Curly King. She became my mentor. Um, Also, I had a great, I have a very great supportive family. Let me say that also. Uh, my father's an entrepreneur, business owner. Um, and uh, so when I came here, um, I worked with her for many years until she passed. Then when she passed, I started an organization. It's all about her legacy. And um, it's also about my heart for giving. And I have a, a program and we help people. It's called um, Curly's House. Um we provide food for them, especially now that gas is at an all-time high. You know, rent is at an all-time high. And a lot of times uh, their paychecks are so small, they can't afford to pay the rent, let alone put food on the table. So that's why programs like mine right about now are very essential. And uh, what I'm seeing, because we do give out food uh, Tuesday through Friday, I'm seeing a lot of um, people, you know, that are coming more so than ever. Uh, I, I mean, we have people coming from UK, Ukraine. We have people coming from Germany. We have people coming from Cuba. And so uh, they call a lot, especially on the weekend. And uh, we asked them, you know, how did you find out about us. And they're like, okay, for the people that are coming here, you know, people are telling us to call you all because you all will help us. And that's one of the great things about um, my program. You know, we, we don't play zip code games. That mean we don't care what zip code you're from. Uh, We are a ministry that uh, really blesses people. So if you come in and you're in need, then we're going to help you. 
And, you know, um, some people are so uh, ignorant. I'll call it what it is, ignorant, because I have seen some very ignorant, uh, degrading comments under some of my posts on uh, Facebook when they had something very negative to say. And I think that just shows the mentality of someone that's very, very, very stupid because for number one, you know, uh, like I said, we have people that come, we have mothers that come that have six and seven kids that are homeless. So if it's not for programs like the one I have right now, we are the ones that's helping those people survive. We are the ones that are helping them, you know, feed their kids and everything. So I think, you know, people really need to level up and find a common ground to be more intelligent and to be able to separate politics from what a person is doing in their life. Because politics has nothing to do with the person, well, it has a lot to do with the person that's in need that's coming for food, true. But the great part is that at least someone is there to help them. Well, God bless you in that great work. That that's amazing to me. And and just some of you know my comments on this is that we you know we have a, a government that is thirty one trillion dollars in debt. It means we are spending a lot of money. And there are massive, massive government programs that are out there to help people. And certainly many of them do. But in spite of that, it's private organizations, private people donating their time, their money, you know, their God-given gifts to help those in need. And as you said, you help people from anywhere. You don't care where they're from. It's still needed in spite of the trillions that our government spends. And you're out there doing it. And, you know, you don't check anyone's uh, voter ID, you know, or or which political party they come from, right? You don't care. And that's your point that you're there to help people. Politics shouldn't have anything to do with it. So what are, you know, just out of curiosity, what are some of the the comments people make about some of your posts? Uh, Are there posts that you put forward that seem to elicit a, a response? Well, you know, uh, when it comes to any candidate uh, and you running, you know, you put yourself out there. So, you know, they're definitely going to look into your background. What does she do? Where does she come from? Uh, And yes, I started out as a cosmetologist. Yes, I did. That's my background and nothing is wrong with that. But also as a business owner, you know, because as a cosmetologist, you are an independent contractor. You know, and you never despise where you come from because that's your beginning. That's something that helped shape you and create who you are. And I grew up in a environment with a lot of older women that helped pour into my life. So, I mean, I love them. They're just like family. Some of them I still see. You know, and we kind of grew up together over the 30 years, over our 30-year history. And um, when you try to demean a field, whether it is, whether it's a cosmetologist, you know, these people have business. Some of them are making millions of dollars. 
And I'm just referring to those comments that, you know, they leave on your little Twitter feed and on your little Facebook page and on your Instagram page. So that right there. So you're saying you're saying that that people are are making negative comments uh, about. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, I can tell less that all of that doesn't mean anything to me, because like I said once and I'm going to say it again, the bottom line is that I am a business owner and I do own more than one yeah. business. Yeah. Which most people don't, and that's really my fantastic. Point exactly. it, it, my point exactly. I don't have to bo- go punch a tire claw. I'm on my own time. So not not even saying nothing negative about nobody that's punching a tire claw. But when you own your own business, it's a little different. So why why are these people making these making nasty comments toward you? What is it that they don't because like? Because they don't like the fact of what I have to say in my comments. Um, I am an independent black woman. And one thing about me, I'm going to speak my mind. We have, we live in a free country here in the United States of America. We have the right to say and speak however we feel, you know, unless you're Kanye West and people get ready to sue you for her comment you made. But other than that, we have the right to say what it is that, you know, that's one of the great things about this country. So, you know, instead of them being mature enough to uh, agree to disagree and to be respectful about it, they can't do that. So they like to come and leave negative posts. And that's for anybody that's running for office. I mean, that comes along with the territory. But being that I'm putting doing this interview, that's why I'm putting it out there. So, okay, so you had mentioned that you, you there are people that are listening to this and some people that are watching and listening. And you had mentioned that you're a, an independent black woman and you have a, an American flag in the background. If you're, again, if you're watching, why is it that you do not hate our country? Because people come here from all around the United States I mean, from all around the world, they come to the United States. And it's a reason that they come here. They come here because they want a piece of the American pie. They want a piece of that dream. You know, they want to be able to become their own business owner. They want to own a home. They want the best quality of life for themselves and their family and their kids. So that's why they come here. Some come to escape. Uh, communism. Some come to escape uh, death in their countries. You know, I mean, when you have countries like Afghanistan, when the women there are not allowed to read, they're not allowed to drive a vehicle, they're not allowed to speak, uh, to say what it is that they have to say, they can't do that. So that's the reason why people love this country and why they come here, you know. So as an American, we have our freedoms. We have our rights. You can go to school. You can use your gifts to create whatever it is that you would like to create for yourself or for your family. And that's a great thing. So that's one of the reasons why people come here because they've come to look for a better life. 
one of the things that uh, we've been hearing a lot of, and, and if anyone's interested, today, again, today is the 20th, yesterday the 19th, Tucker Carlson, I don't know if you if you watch uh, his show uh, on Fox, it's, it's really one of the only shows I watch on Fox. He had a great segment on uh, a lot of the race baiting that's going on, and we're being told, you know, really every day that the color of your skin, so the color of my skin, means I'm an evil, awful, horrible person and that you, Laverne, by the nature of your skin color, are oppressed by people like me. This country is horribly racist. Nobody can make it. We're full of white supremacists and things like that. And um, and really stoking a lot of friction between people. Now, I don't buy it. I don't, I look, there's racism. There's hateful people out there of all different colors, shapes, and sizes of course, and those people are fools and they're few and far between. But do you think that there is, we are a, a racist country as a whole? I believe that people are people, whether you're red, white, or blue, or green, or whatever color you want to call yourself and whatever pronoun you want to call yourself in the inside, we all red and we all bleed blood at the end of the day as an american you know once again i'ma say this when it comes to race um i have experienced a lot of racism within the black community itself okay within the black community itself i have experience. I'm going to repeat again. I don't care if you like it or don't like it. When you put me on, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. 100. That's what I have experienced. Okay. And I have also experienced, I have met white people that have been nice and kind to me. I have met Hispanics that have been nice and kind and black people that have been nice and kind. But the main racism I have experienced was within the black community itself. So what, when you describe it, so how would you describe that racism? Like, what is it that you would, you would say that behavior, you don't have to give specifics or tell me names of people or anything like that, but you know, what is it that you experienced? Well, within our community is, is, you know, uh, for a lot of us, depending on where you was raised at, it's always been an issue with the light skin and the dark skin. So you have light-skinned black people. Some of them may even look like they're your color, but they're still black at the end of the day. And then you have dark-skinned black people. And some of the light-skinned don't like the dark skin. Some of the dark skin don't like the light skin. And so what do they do? What is it specifically that is that? What is the treatment that you have seen or experienced based upon that? I just said it. You know, I've dealt with people that were light-skinned, lighter than me, that you know, really didn't care for people my color. And they were black. Are they rude? Do they, you know, what yeah, is it? Had, what is the treatment? They have said some rude things, you know. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's really sad. Uh, it, it's, it's, and, and, it, and it exists all over the world. I, I talked to, I talked to an individual who is from India and, you know, they're, they're very dark skinned. Well, his skin is darker, right? When, like you said, there's sort of lighter and darker in between, 
because hers, his skin is darker, he is viewed as a third class citizen in India. Right. And so my point is, is obviously that's horrible. It, it is. It happens all over the world. It's not just the United States uh, or any group of people uh, that are out there. Uh, so, OK, so we are coming, Laverne, up to the midterm elections here. And, you know, the indications are that the Republicans are going to do very, very, very well. Uh, I'm less of a Republican and more of a conservative because there are Republicans that I can't stand uh, because they're weak and they're soft and they're wimps. Uh, and then there are some really good ones. Who, who do you like? Who do you love to listen to? Or do you, who, which, you know, person, politician do you look at and say, that's my kind of candidate or, or politician? Well, one thing about me when I was a, ca- a candidate, as a candidate, I was very outspoken. And when I run again, I'm going to be as spoken as hell, just like I was the first time. Okay. So what I like, I like that fire. I like to see that fire in people. I like to see that fire in a candidate. I like a candidate that's not afraid to speak. Because if you're afraid to speak and you're afraid to stay in your ground, then that lets me know if you win your seat, then when you get to D.C. or wherever it is you're going, you're going to be afraid to stay in your ground. You're going to be uh, eager to uh, sell out. Uh, and, and that's not what I want to see. I want to see real fiery candidates like Margie Taylor Green, like Lauren. Those girls are fighters. They're not afraid. They're not worrying about what the next person feeling. You know, they're not worrying about who toes they getting ready to step on. They're not worrying about who foot they getting ready to put up their butt. They just going to get in it. And they're going to get with it. And that's what type of candidate I am. And that's what I like to see. People that's going to fight for this country. Because to me, this country is worth fighting for. And it's worth saving. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. I completely agree. Those those two people you just named, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, and and there's others. Those are the type of people that I, I hear and I say, yes, why don't we have more people like that that are fighting? Uh, that are fighting for us. I, I really love it. So what um, are there any issues specifically that, that really sort of drive you or motivate you more than others uh, that, that are in the you know mainstream right now that we're talking about? Yes. You know, uh, one thing is that um, for the Democrats, right, they um, have been using the black community for years. So they are the ones that like to play the race card because they try to play play upon the emotions of the black community. And they use that as a game to divide and conquer, to kill and destroy. And they they want everybody that's black and also a minority to feel that they are oppressed. You are not oppressed because you have every opportunity to get off of your behind, go to work, uh, do whatever it is you do to feed your kids and to take care of yourself. And right here in this country, we have the opportunity to do it. So I don't see the oppression. I do not see that. This is great stuff. Right up my alley. I'm I'm really glad that we're talking here because these are these are the same types of things I'm very passionate about and I love. So yeah, the the black community has had a stranglehold on them by. Um, by the Democrat Party for for decades, 
but it seems to be changing. Do you do you feel that too? Maybe not reversing, but it's it's maybe some changes, huh? Yes, I think it's changing um, slowly, uh, but surely. And like you said, some of them may not consider themselves to be a Republican. Some of them may consider themselves to be a conservative candidate because uh, you know some of them look at themselves as a Frederick Douglass conservative candidate. But nonetheless, I do believe that um, when President Trump spoke that he woke up the black community and a lot of minorities because uh, a lot of us uh, started to listen to the things that he was saying. And it actually made a lot of sense, especially when he said, why don't y'all go back and take back your community because they're not helping you anyway. So. When you look around this country and you look at places like Baltimore um, and other uh, places that are strictly operated by the Democrat, the Democratic Party, then there you will see that those people have the highest crime districts, um, low jobs, you know, and those communities look like crap, you know, uh, and and they have uh, been in power. The Democrats have been in power for like 40, 50 years and longer in those places. So the point I'm saying to you people is this. When you vote for them and you elect these officials, right? Then when you go to them and you call them because you need their help, you need their service. And when you call them, you're not getting the help from them. They send you in a circle. They send you in a circle. They have the services. They can help you, but they choose not to because they don't want to do it. So what you need to do for them is vote them up out of those seats, okay, and seek other alternatives. And another thing you need to do is stop electing the same officials over and over again, because if they didn't help you the first term, then when in the hell make you think that they can really help you on the second term. Okay. So stop voting for them because the meaning of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. So it's time we stop electing the same people that do absolutely nothing for us, but they serve their friends, they serve their family members, and if you don't fit into their little circle, then you will not get any help, okay? So do yourself a favor and stop voting for them. Stop electing them. Yeah, it, it's so true. And that's what, you know, what Trump said that I know got a lot of people is he said to, you know, those communities, he said, what the hell do you have to lose, right? It can't be any worse in Baltimore and D.C. and Detroit, L.A. It can't be any worse. So give someone else a chance because these people, as you said, you've been, they've been voting for forever, have, have done nothing for them. And, and it, give, it a, give them the chance of someone else. Right. And uh, their policies have failed our community forever. Their policies, 
all of their policies, the majority of them have not helped the black community at all. Okay. So stop voting for them. Absolutely. So kind of going hand in hand that with that in the last few years, there's been the whole defund the police uh, movement out there. And what we have seen is specifically in areas where they either did defund or uh, seriously hampered the police. I mean, if I was a police officer, I would be scared to death to even respond to a call, you know, because who knows what's going to happen. Um, and what we have seen as a result is murder, rape, burglary, assault have skyrocketed, not just gone up a little bit. There's, you know, there's always ups and downs in crime, but they don't all skyrocket right after they call for defunding the police and, and the like. And when you look at defunding the police in the community that you're talking about, it's black people who are hurt by these increasing in crimes. So where do you stand on the whole police defunding, not defunding uh, issue? It is black and brown people because we are the ones in these communities that are greatly affected by defunding the police. Okay. So when you have your congressional candidates like Corey Bush and the rest of them that are Democrats, AOC and her little game, that are talking about defunding the police. Remember this, these people have over $200,000 worth of bodyguards and private security with them on any given day, okay? So when they step out, their bodyguards are with them. But when you are in these high crime areas, if the police are not there, it's going to be you, your family members, your friends that are affected by the criminals that are in your neighborhood. If, if your house is robbed, if your kids are shot or your house is shot up, God forbid, any type of criminal activity that takes place, and you call the police and they are not there to help you, then who is going to come to help you? Do you want a health care worker to come out to your residence to help you in the case that it's a shootout there? What are they going to do? Okay. So once again, it's one of their failed policies. It's something that they came up with because they were in support of Black Lives Matter, which totally ran havoc across the United States. And as we all know, they are a Marxist communist organization formed and, and um, um, they have plenty of Antifa members that are trained in how to overthrow the government. And you could go to YouTube and pull up this information. It's there. And you will hear the founder, Latrice Collins. Uh, she's talking about it. And she says, hey, we are Marxist organization. So Black people, Black Lives Matter is not here to help you. They are not interested in what's taking place in your neighborhood. They're not interested in putting money in your organization, even though they have raised billions of dollars. Those dollars went to buy the owner over six mansions and to also pay her staff 
uh, over $300,000 per person. That's where those dollars went. So they do not give a damn about you nor your community. Okay. They're only here to overthrow the government. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. Laverne, this conversation did not disappoint. I was, uh, I'm really glad we were able to connect and uh, finally, finally talk and hear, hear from you because your, your words are uh, very wise words. They're very correct. And one would be very wise to follow you. So how can people follow you um, and, and, and say good comments? about some of your posts <laughs> instead of the mean ones. Yeah, don't need no mean ones because it might not come out too nice for you. But anyway, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> at Laverne Spicer, and I do answer on my Twitter page. Um, I also have a Facebook page, but I don't do too much up there. But I am on Twitter, and that's a great way to reach out to me um, and leave your comment or whatever. Yes, leave nice ones. She yeah, has very nice, nice posts. Leave <laughs> nice ones because I'm truly fighting for this country. Uh, a lot of this has taken place. I really don't like it, especially that little um, drag queen agenda that they're trying to pull in with these kids. Um, I don't like it. I, I don't know why a parent with a minor kid, you know, that's under the age of 18 will even take them to those type type of shows as an adult. If you want to go, that's your prerogative. That's your right. That's your choice. But I do not believe that that type of adult content um, is for a minor. It's not for a minor. So if you can't bring your minor into an adult toy store, why would you bring them to the uh, drag queen show when they're going to have the adult content and some of the same things that you're going to find in that adult toy store? Yeah, you're 100% correct. And that is that is very concerning. This is uh, unfortunately diabolic. This is uh, good versus evil. And Laverne Spicer is on the side of good. That is for sure. And if you want to argue with her, uh, be my guest. I have a feeling you will lose and lose badly uh, because she knows her stuff. Laverne Spicer, thanks so much for coming Thank on. You, it's been a, a joy talking with you. Thank you, Jerry, for having me on. Yes, my pleasure anytime. And thank all of you for listening to this episode of Fides Podcast with Laverne Spicer. Uh, please check out all my podcasts and all the different podcast apps on YouTube, Rumble, on Frank's Beach, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on RightAmericaMedia.com. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time.